to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike and I got my line mate Matt with me and today we're going to be talking about the uh, game one Stanley Cup finals and a little bit of NHL news. So Matt, the Colorado Avalanche taking game one as predicted. Um, it was a close one, OT win for them. And if you look at the scores from these um, these two teams, not their scores, but their records, 12 and six for the Lightning, 13 and two for the Avalanche. You know, we got a, we got two teams, man, that have um, have done really well in the playoffs so far, um, especially, you know, the Avalanche. I mean, they've only lost two games, swept two teams. If they, um, just hypothetically speaking, if they were to, you know, sweep the Lightning, that would be incredible. I don't Ooh, think it's going to happen, though. No, no, that'd be a big upset. What do you have from um, from yesterday's game? So it looks like the Lightning, obviously, they started off slow. They gave up three goals in one period, and that's not really a Lightning thing. You know, that's usually like a like a final score type of game. Right. But uh, it looks like they bounced back in the second. They got uh, their, their role players really stepped up, got two goals, and uh, forced it to OT. And um, uh, the X... Washington Capital Barakowski with a game winner and um well I, Lightning fans aren't panicking. They were down 2 nothing last series. We know what happened. They won four straight. And the Avalanche played good. You just give them credit. They they a good home game, good home win. You know, they got the last change and the matchups they wanted and they ended up getting the the big win. And the, uh, I, it looked electric too. The arena, the fans uh I mean, usually when I watch Avalanche games, I mean, I think me and you've talked about this. Like, this is a contending team, and it was, like, empty, the building. Right. Not last night. Obviously, they're in the final. People are showing up. Hot ticket. They were singing songs. The, the Blink-182. Yeah. And it, it looked exciting. It's it, Back in the Ray Bork era with <laughs> Joe Sackick, that's when it was electric, too. I haven't really seen it like that in a while. Right, right. Uh, the villain, at least in my life in the NHL, uh, Gabriel Landeskog had a um, he had a pretty good game, man. Um, he had a goal and two assists, so he's really contributing. Had 23 minutes on ice. Um, he actually had more minutes on ice than McKinnon did. McKinnon, though, he showed up as well. He had a goal and assist, uh, which is impressive. Uh, which is what you expect out of these guys, you know. This is the big the big league and or the big time, I should say, big game, and they're they are showing up. Um, Something I want to talk about, man, it's keeping Landeskog and letting Grubauer go. Now, something to think about. Grubauer played in a, on, on a really bad Kraken team, right? Do you think that the Avalanche would still be where they are today if he was still on the team and say um, and say Landeskog was not? Uh, that's a good question. Because they, I mean, they are good, and these, and I don't, yeah. I don't look at Landeskog as a game breaker. I think that he's a, essentially a good role player right now, and I think he plays very well because of the uh, teammates that he has on his team. Grubauer, on, on the other hand, you know, that's a different world over there in in goalie. So yeah. I'm just curious what you think. Oh uh, well, I, uh, I, I think they made the right choice at the time. I didn't, because I didn't really trust Darcy Kemper. You know, he, he's kind of been a backup most of his career. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't really say he was a starter in Phoenix because that team, you know, it wasn't really a team. And yeah. uh, 
he showed, you know, he showed he could start. I know he's had some injury issues, but I mean, he won game one. He got a win, Stanley Cup final. Um, but I think, like you said, he he's a role player now, Landeskog, and you need that type of guy in the playoffs. Yeah, you do. He was a game breaker back in the Matt Duchesne days when they were, you know, both, you know, like their Kane and Taves coming up, these young two guys, and they ended up dealing Duchesne, and I think that was the right thing to do because I, I think he's really, he had a good bounce back year this year, but he's not, he, he wasn't the same as he used to be. He was putting up 30, you know, every every uh, year with Colorado, and Landeskog is that type of guy who could, uh, he kind of, he would fit in with like the St. Louis Blues, the way he plays. He's like yeah. a mean, gritty guy. And you know what? He's, I think he's, he's a, been their leader. He's good. He's a good player. He fits with the Avalanche. And uh, Sackick, you know, went with uh, the captain. He went with the guy who's been there longer and put his time in and gave him the money instead of Grubauer. And Grubauer wanted to get paid, and he's going to get paid, but definitely not going to be winning anytime soon in right, Seattle. Right. You know, Landis guy, I don't look at him as a as a gritty player, I think I look at him as borderline dirty player. He's one of those guys. He's one. Of, what is he? What yeah. is he like? Six three. He's the one of those six three guys that likes to go and hit the shortest guy on the on the team. You know, he's he's yeah. not he's not going up there and mixing it up with with Hedman. You know, and he who, who did he go after on the Hawks? Was it Kirby? Um, Me yeah. and you were texting. I remember we were exchanging. We we're like, what a prick. Well, you know, like yeah. you're real tough. He, he went <laughs> after uh, Kirby from behind. Um, he tried going after Debrinket once. Debrinket shut that down, uh, you know, even with his, like, seven-inch disadvantage. And uh, he cross-checked, I, I think, Kaner once from behind. And it was like, really, dude? You're going to go over there and, and try and hit Kane? The guy, I mean, e even if you're open, Kane isn't going to blindside and, and hit anybody. Do you know what I mean? He, he wouldn't hit anybody, even on, on accident. Right, you know, that's right. Just the, it's not, just not that's who not his game. But, yeah. but he's, you know, he's he's doing that to to guys who typically, uh, who typically typically don't hit back. But if he has an opportunity to hit somebody like say Zadorov, he, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. He's not going to hit. Um, he's not going to hit somebody like Victor Hedman. He's not going to hit somebody like, uh, you know, say for instance, um, Ryan McDonough. You know, he's that's just not the type of guy that he is. I don't like him. I hate him. Um, Patty Maroon, he wouldn't go yeah, after no him. Way. Yeah. No way. No way. Or Corey Perry. <laughs> you know what? I, I have to say this. I I hated Corey Perry oh, when man. he was a duck. I hated him. I think everybody but, did. But if, like the type of guy, he's on your team, you're cheering for this guy. Right. And I think I've really grown to like him watching these last couple seasons. Yeah. This guy is he's like Hosa. I'm yeah. not, like the, with the Stanley Cup appearances and losing oh, right. and he's still trying to find that team. <laughs> he ends up going with Tampa and he's in the final again. Three different teams just like Hosa. Right. Second player to ever do that. Right. So I, you know what I'm pulling for him. I I hope he can get one. I know he got one with the Ducks when he was a rookie, but I you know what? I love the way he plays. He's he's an older guy. He knows his role. I think he's making like a million. He's right. not making anything. And he's, he's a factor out there. He's out there stirring it up. He's tipping, screening, hitting. And, you know, I, I, I'm pulling for that guy. 
Before I go any further and I hit my next point, I got to let everybody know that this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. And I'll tell you what, man, these guys have great products and they're great guys to work with. They have this thing called the Weed Whacker. And essentially what it is, is it takes care of your, uh, you know, like your nose hairs and your your ears hairs, which would I know a lot of hockey savages out there have it and it needs to be taken care of. Do us a favor. Use our code Tomahawk and get yourself one of these Weed Whackers to take care of that because uh, it's unsightly and you want to be one of those dudes walking around with a force coming out of your ears and not to mention some of their other products that take care of the undercarriage if you know what I mean be be a little considerate you know to your your lady friend you know your your wife or your 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 uh your significant other or what have you and uh, make sure that you trim everything up down there and, and, and get everything uh, taken care of. They've even got ball deodorant, which is something that I've never heard of before, which I thought was absolutely hilarious, but they have it. And you know what? It's actually pretty cool. It works. And one of their kits they have, what comes with the shaver, it comes with the, you know, the ear weed whacker and it comes with a pair of boxers that are pretty awesome. I used them to, uh, to run in uh, a couple days ago and, and they actually work are pretty well so do us a favor check out manscaped they're awesome products are awesome i they 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 shipped it to me i'm gonna let you guys know and i tried it out it was something that i was actually looking to buy myself but i didn't they sent it to me it's awesome um i'm gonna keep on using it and i'm gonna let you guys know how my uh (laughs) how my manscaped journey goes Brandon Hagel had an assist. Uh, Braden Point had an assist. Played 17 minutes. First game back, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a lot of time. Uh, he looked good. I, I saw him a couple shifts. Uh, you know who I really enjoy watching is Kucherov. I don't know if you've seen that pass that he made. I did it not. It was just an elite pass. Unbelievable. Uh, I think it was the goal that tied the game. He made a great move around a guy and just put the puck right on the guy's tape. Just buried it. Tied the game. And the the guy is just a machine. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, I'm I'm predicting a comeback win from from uh, Tampa on the next game. Vasilevsky, it's this is his bread and this is what he does. Yeah, yeah. he loses one, yeah. he comes back with a shutout practically each time. Um, so that game is going to be, I think, Saturday or is it Friday? Um, I think it. Is, let me see. What is it? June eighteenth. Is that tomorrow? Uh no, that's Saturday. Saturday, yeah, okay. So, what do you think about the games being on ABC? Uh it, it reminds me of the Gary Thorne days. They they're still playing the uh, ESPN theme, which right. I like. Um, I, oh, yeah. I do like I do like the TNT guys better. Okay. I th- I, l- I like the intermission guys. They're, they're, you know, Biz is kind of a goofball, but I like Rick Tockett. I like uh, Anson Carter's pretty good. Let Liam is uh, it Liam McHugh? He's yeah. okay. And I like when they have Gretz on. I love what he has to say, even though he talks like this when he's on the. It's it's hard to hear him. Like he's just so soft spoken. Yeah. And, but when he lists, when he talks, you listen because it's Gretzky, you know, and he, Dude, he has great, great insight. Yeah, he, he, he does. He always has great points. You know, it's like he's, 
I don't want to probably a, you can probably accredit it to his his playing days, but he sees the game a little bit differently. You know, he, he sees it in a different angle. Yeah, for yeah. sure. The the thing that is weird to me, it's like you got a guy like Biz sitting next to him. This guy didn't do anything in the NHL. He's just a personality. Sure. And you know, I sometimes he's funny. You know, like I think he'd be a good guy in between the bench type of type of guy, like a guy interviewing players after the game in the locker room during, you know, during the game intermissions or something. Right. But I, I don't know if I really like him on the panel. I think he's a little too goofy. I kind of uh, like the more serious. He's not as goofy as, um, what's his name? Uh, like like the, the NBA guys, oh, like okay. Charles Barkley and Shaq. They got a cool little, you know, they little rivalry going, going on. Yeah, I, I like that. But I think Biz is a little too goofy. He you think they need another guy like things. him? Biz? Yeah. No, I, like, I would rather to see... Kind of like, I think that they're trying to get him and Gretz to kind of be like the uh, yin and yang. I think yang. it's more talk. I think okay. they're pushing talk it, and he's, that's just not him. Talk it's like, yeah, okay. What, what have you ever done? You know? <laughs> you've got, you've a, got a couple of yeah, I liked Rick Tockett. I know he was big and big with Philly. I remember watching him in the '90s; those playoff battles with Pittsburgh all the time. He was yeah. And you know what? I'm I'm now I'm holding out hope that the Hawks can snag this guy because all these coaches are coming off the board all of a sudden. Yeah, you know it's it's kind I'd of give like him a five year deal. So five year deal. So here's the thing, you know, I, I don't mean to cut to like another sport, no. but you look at the Cubs. Yeah, you know they're not doing very well. They kind of have this manager, and they're kind of like as like a place setter. So when like the kids start coming up and they start getting good, his contract kind of runs out, and then they get the coach. You know, yeah, it's ruthless. And, 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 it's, it is. Yeah. It you know, but then again, you know, at the same time, it's like okay, you're getting a few million a year. You know, so it's well, not it, like it a, happened to Savvy. Remember? Yeah, it did. Savard kind of groomed the kids a little bit. Yeah, shown shown them uh, how to how to be Blackhawk and how to be a pro. And yeah, Coach Q's available, sitting in the stands as a scout. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, Denny, we've seen enough from you. We're gonna bring in Q. Yeah, they had <laughs> Kaner in tears. I, you know what? And it, I I was pissed off when it happened. I really was because yeah. I I love Savvy, and he didn't. It was four games. Yeah, and it was like we we were what two and one and one or something. Yeah. And it's it's like come on if you knew you were gonna do that just start just start off with Q don't don't right. mess around with a legend who's got his number retired here yeah. I mean, it, it's it's it was hard and you know what savvy was a pro about it he was real professional he's like you know what yeah they they, they need a new voice and you know he stepped back for a little bit and he came back as an ambassador and practically some immediately get bitter over that yeah yeah they pro- they probably told him like look this is what we're we're looking for you to this is what we're looking for you to do for our team you know and yeah. and he was probably like okay yeah sure you know maybe at the same time he's like yeah you know maybe i don't have this in me you know but yeah, well, uh, he lives in chicago he didn't yeah, want to you know pick up and move and right uh Hey, good power play guy. The Hawks had a good power play with uh, Savvy because yeah. the guy was a power play player. And I thought the 08 or 09, I think, no, it was 08, the year before the Hawks kind of ran away with it, made the playoffs and made a run. Right. He, the, he was, he had them good. They were good. The Hawks right. just missed out three points, I think. And power play was good. Sharpie. You know, he, he had a good breakout season, and I credit Savard with getting a lot of these guys ready. Yeah, uh, I would 100% agree with you. 
Um, so kind of moving on, man. Got some NHL news for us. We've got yeah, coaches, uh, coaches coming off with the board who just came off. So uh, I think we talked about Cassidy. Obviously, it's official now with Vegas. With Vegas, Five right. years. Making $4.5 a year, too, as a coach. Nice. So they're spending some money. To, yeah, good for him. I think he earned it. Uh, he's got some. He's got. He's got a lot of pressure on him though already because yeah. Vegas, the owner, wants to win. He was ready to win. He, they're the, spending money, bringing in superstars, and I'm not sure if this is official yet, but it sounds, according to Twitter and all these writers, that Torts is now a Philadelphia Flyer, Ugh. and a, it's a mixed mixed uh, emotions on Twitter. A lot of people are thoughts and prayers to all the. <laughs> Flyers players and Flyers media. <laughs> and I'm laughing because you know what? That's a guy who doesn't take any shit from anybody. And that's no, he the doesn't. guy that's the guy I'd love to play for. Obviously, every, anybody who listens to us knows that I'm a torts pro torts guy. You are. And I I recently put out a tweet saying I wish the Hawks made a made an offer for torts just so I can hear his post game shows and the, the Chicago media being in tears after he gave them a <laughs> mean response. Because uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of soft kind of writers. I feel like in Chicago, with uh, they're really outspoken about their politics and their feelings about everything. I think Torts would make them yeah. pretty upset about stuff. And I and I and I'm maybe I'm ruthless, but I think that's funny. And I would <laughs> I would actually like to see it because a lot of them piss me off. <laughs> I know they do. That's kind of funny. You know, man. I, I think that he's exact. He's exactly what that team needs. You know, yep. they're, he's, he's the kick in the ass that they're paying. He, they need a culture change. Yeah, and he's the man to do it. Yeah, he is. I think that, um, you know, with him, you know, behind the bench, you know, that's exactly what the team needs. Uh, to be honest with you, it's almost like they've taken a step, like a step forward, just bringing him on board. I think so. Yeah, and uh, if you remember, they traded for Cam Atkinson last year, right? Cam Atkinson was, was a Blue Jacket forever, and Torts was a Blue Jacket for a couple of years, and I and I've heard that Cam Atkinson is pumped about this move. Really, and I'm and I'm hearing on uh, social media that Cam Atkinson's not happy, but there's an article saying that he loved Torts and would love to play for him again in the near future. So who do you believe? I mean, I, I he had a lot of success with Torts. So I think that this is a good move by Philly, and it's a good move to for for us your star player now. I think who do you? Th I think it's Cam Atkinson now that yeah. Giroux's gone. I think that's the guy right now. And if you take care of the guy who you know is going to carry the team, it's going it's probably going to be a good thing for for the Flyers. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and it's really between him and Torts. You know, all he yeah. has to do is go up to Torts and be like, "Hey, listen, don't worry about what you read in the." In the yeah, in, in right. the papers because it's not what I said and and Torts oh, knows yeah. too. I mean he 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 knows the guy, so I don't I, think that's I think a big that, deal. I I think it's a great move, and I think you know Seth Jones has even come out and said he loves Tortorella. He loved playing for him. Uh, even Panarin, I think, said that he liked. I mean, he obviously, you know, he he, he well wanted to them. get paid. There there was no way he was staying in Columbus and. I think deep down, Torts knew that. He's like, this is an elite superstar. This guy's going to get paid. But, you know, he had a lot of success. Even Bobrowski was very good. I think he won a couple Vesnas under 
torts. So mm, you got to okay. credit the def the the def the uh, sorry the defense in front of him. Yeah, and uh, you know I, since he's left to go to Florida, he hasn't been the same goalie. So maybe you got to think in the back of your mind, hey, maybe torts had something to do with that. Yeah, yeah, it does really make you think. But Bruce Cassidy, man, you know, I, to be honest with you, I wonder what kind of a situation that he's walking into here because, you yeah. know, you got Robin Leonard that's, you know, he's injured. They When they needed him most, he was injured. He's he's typically injured every single year. And, oh, and but they decided to move away from Marc-Andre Fleury so that he could be the number one guy. So what do they do? I'll be honest with you. I think that they have a goaltending issue there because... Come yeah. rain or shine, when it's time for them to to make a push for the playoffs, is Laner going to be hurt again? Well, going by history, yes. I think he you got to invest in a good backup. Man. And, uh, I mean, he's got to be a good 1B type of backup, not a B, but you the, know? Yeah. I, I think that the point that I'm trying to make is, is that this player can be you know, quote unquote, the one B, but considering how much time that Leonard misses, how long is it when they just say, you know what, why don't we just make this guy our number one guy? Because this guy, this other guy, Leonard, he can't handle the workload. No, you're right. I agree with that. You know, uh, like if you're the coach, you know, he hurt him this year. Yeah. yeah. If, If you're the coach and say, you know, it's me and another guy and I'm hurt all the time and but I'm supposed to be your number one guy, but I, I'm not there when you need me to. You're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to put my chips in this other guy's basket because this dude's always hurt. He gets, it's too, too much work for him to be a number one guy. His body can't handle it. Yeah. I, I, I think I that, I um, completely agree. I think that, I think that's what's going to happen in Vegas. And Leonard's going to have a hard time with that. Because he's always wanted to be that one dude, that number one guy, and get paid, and especially the way he's getting paid, um, uh, he might have a problem with it. I think he is a good teammate at on you know on on one hand, but I think that he's going to have a hard time being that number two guy. Yeah, I think that. Uh, well, jumping back to his Blackhawks years, I think if Bowman was able to lock him up for a couple seasons, I think Bowman would still have his job. Just yeah. the way he was playing with the Blackhawks, he he was stealing games, and he was. the only reason why the Hawks were even in a contention, yeah. yeah. And I, since he's been traded there, yes, yeah, so he's, he's been getting hurt. He's kind of got those. What did he get? Like a six, four year deal, six year deal? I wanted to say it was a six years deal at five point five per. That's that's big money from a guy who has never really got over a two year contract. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a big it's going to be a big workload. He I hope he's healthy because I I love the way he plays. He's a big big goalie, moves pretty well, covers a lot of net. But uh, yeah, if you're if you're up in the press box, you're not helping the team. So he's got to find he's got to get healthy this summer. And I've heard good things from Mark Stone. I think his back was just shot. I think he had surgery. He's healthy. He's ready to go. Obviously, we know Jack Eichel's going to be back. Yeah. So this could be it. Could be a scary team. And uh, they actually made a trade today uh, with uh, Montreal, trading Shea Weber's contract for that Dandenoff or Dadanoff, whatever, however you pronounce it. But <laughs> this poor guy was supposed to be traded at the deadline to Anaheim, right? And I guess 
the deal he did it, the, he accepted the deal but it Anaheim wasn't on his no trade list so he ended up going back to Vegas and you know what it's kind of, it's weird like say hey you you've been traded oh no no you haven't you're back and we're happy you're here it's like no you're not you're, you you got to say that you know yeah. and, but i credit the guy he he handled it with professionalism he came back and he he was one of their best players down the stretch trying to he get was. in the playoffs they fell short but he he was good i remember i think he had a great game against the hawks i think he had like four points yeah i think he and, did and uh, i'm like this guy is you know he's trying to show vegas like hey you should, maybe you should hold on to me but <laughs> they ended up trading him today for weber and i think it's going to be kind of like a tampa type of thing going to be put on long term ir yeah and um Good, good for uh, Montreal. They're gonna, they're getting a pretty decent player for a rebuilding team, and I'm sure Marty St. Louis can bring out the best in him. So, I like the move for uh, Montreal. Where does that leave Vegas with their cap space? I think that was just a four million dollar free up, but they, with Eichel and Stone, Pacioretty coming back, I, I'm hearing Eric, uh, not Eric Carl, uh, William Carlson is the next to go. Okay. So they, they still have some work to do. Yeah. I was going to say because I think they need to free up 14 million. Yeah, so he's 6 or 7 I believe. And um I'm hearing Otto was very interested in him. You know, if you look at um actually if you look at Vegas, they it's not just one more guy. They need a few guys because they need a little bit of a cap space, a little breathing room, you know. Yeah, and I think like we were talking about, I think uh, a good solid goalie should be n- number one priority for this team. Well, cool, man. They're really interesting. Love seeing how this stuff always kind of uh, oh this, yeah, I this love stuff this plays stuff. out. You know, yeah. cool for the Bruce silly Cassidy. season they call it. Yep, <laughs> the silly season. Right, yep. right. This is the silly season. It's once the finals over, we you hear all the rumors and all the signings, and I like it, man. I I think it's fun, and you know, there's been a lot of rumors with. Kane and Taves and DeBrincat might be on their way out. I mean, I'd be sad, but uh, if it brings in some good prospects, some young guys, picks, it's kind of exciting. I mean, you don't want, I, I think Kane and Taves should have their statue like Bobby Hall and Makita. Yep. And I think they deserve it. I'd love to see them retire here, kind of like Makita did. He, he never wore any sweater but the Indian head. Yeah. And I, I hope both of them do, but, um, you know, it's a new era now, and some most GMs like to put their footprint on something. And uh, I, I think I just get a feeling Davidson is going to want to do stuff his way and totally change everything up. I think that they should they should keep him because they're not they're not going to be in contention next year. And if they're not going to be in contention next year, to um, you know, to uh, that's really going to change things. Then there's no there's no need in in moving them right now. You know, if they were on the cusp and they needed one guy, you know, I think that that would be a different story. But, it, you know, that's not the case right now. Here's my prediction. I think that Kane will be traded to the New York Rangers at the deadline. (laughs) And I think Taves will be a Blackhawk because no one wants that contract. Mm. I think he I hope he has a bounce back year. But, uh, you know, he doesn't really have anyone around him. I don't see him getting, like, 50 goals, 40 goals, not even 30. So maybe somebody will want him as a, you know, a playoff role type of 
like Stevie uh, Weiser, <laughs> wow, wow, Stevie Eiserman shutdown guy for like a contending team, but yeah. uh, he's I, great I at really, the dot. He is, he is, and I, I really think that he's a he's a great Blackhawk. Uh, I mean, he's one of obviously one of my favorites. That you know, I'm very lucky I got to see him. I saw his first game, and uh, I remember he scored on his first shot against uh, the San Jose Sharks. Nabokov first first. I don't I don't think it was his first shift, but it was his first registered shot. It went in. Wow. So I was like, this guy's going to be special. And uh, I'm and also he hearing was. Little do we know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Debrinkat. My thing is, he's proven. You know, he he scored 40. He's he's a big time goal scorer. And the only question I have is, can he do it without Kane? That yeah. would be my only thing. But he's young, and I I mean, I'd love to see him get locked up. Or I mean, if they're if they're not going to give him a long term deal, I I think you should trade him then. Here's the thing, you know, Kane. He gives him passes, dude, that shouldn't get through. And he does that consistently. And that's probably why I think Debrinkit is able to score a lot of these goals. Yes, I mean, he does have an incredible shot. But I think that there are some times where it's like the defense is so lopsided on one side that passes should not be able to get through. And they routinely do because, you know, obviously Patrick Kane is a generational talent. If Debrinkit doesn't have somebody who can feed him shots like that. I don't think that he can keep up his production. Well, we're hoping Lucas Reichel can be that guy. And, and this isn't. Uh, and and yeah. I'm I'm not saying that he can't produce because he's not capable of doing it. I'm saying that he can't produce is because he he needs a teammate to to do well, that for him. Yeah, Kaner. Yeah. He's, he's not like a Brandon elite. Shanahan who can score yeah. 50 goals a season. Doesn't matter where he's at. You know. Yeah. I, I, you know what, man? I would love to see a stat of all of Debrinkat goals if Kane has majority of the primary assist on it. I'm, I would imagine I, a lot of them all. I'm sure, yeah, that's insane then. And that just right there would be a red flag, I guess, for Davidson. Like, hey, if I get rid of Kane and he's not going to be here forever. Right. What am I going to do with Debrinkat? So, and I, and I, I really believe that's why... New Jersey's in on this guy because I think Jack Jack Hughes is that that guy that's going to be that playmaker that DeBrincat needs to keep the scoring touch going, and they yeah. need that scoring guy. So right. I would be upset about it, but if it brings us, you know, like that second round pick that they just received, and we we got somebody that could you know change the franchise around, I guess I'm all for it. But it's just uh, it's tough, man, because he's. A drafted black great man. numbers. Yeah, yeah. I hate numbers. seeing I hate seeing good draft yeah. picks go. I know. Well, all right, everybody, that's all that we got for you tonight. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button if you haven't. Let us know your predictions on the Stanley Cup Finals and where you see this going. I'm going to reiterate my prediction of the Colorado winning the first game, which they did. Tampa winning the second one. Colorado winning one. Tampa winning one. And then uh, Colorado winning an OT thriller and then putting it away in that game six. Oh, man. I hope not. That's my, that's my predictions. Um, to, be, to be honest with you, I kind of hope it doesn't happen. But I, they're just on a, on a, on a, uh, on a tear, man. You yeah, know. they look good. They have, they look good coming out of the gate. That's for sure. Well-rested. You know, and it's yep. like you can't, um, 
you know, you just can't ignore that. But then again, at the, on, the, on the same time, Tampa is has been a team that will not die, and uh, <laughs> they are a team that will uh, that will find and do what they need to do to win, and they've done it time and time again. All right, everybody, that's all that we got for you tonight, and we'll see you on the next one. This is the Tomahawk, and we're out of here.